of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Just without waste of time, let us turn to the book of First, First John chapter five. First John chapter five, from verse fourteen. First John five, from verse fourteen and fifteen. He found it written this manner. Or maybe we can just read it together. Uh, we are going to read verse 14 and verse 15. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 only. And, and this is the confidence that we have in him. And this is the confidence that we have in him. Do we have the confidence in him? Um, and let's say it like we mean it. And this is that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he heareth us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Amen. How many are blessed by this scripture? Amen. We've got confidence in him as we bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are very much thankful this evening for your grace and mercy. You have preserved us until this far, and we want to thank you for that. So this evening, we are just going to flip through the pages of the Bible. We need you just to come and help us to understand or comprehend whatever you want us to comprehend tonight, dear God. Let it not just be in vain our being here. There is a purpose. We have a desire that we need you to fulfill. That is why we came this way, dear God, so that you can look into our lives as the porter, and whatever needs to be molded, we know how you know how to shape that lady alone. That lady has got no will of its own as long as it is in the hands of the potter. May this evening the potter shape us in any manner that you see fit. And I believe the believers together, we agree that whatever you want out of your li- our lives, may you make it to happen, dear God. If our lives are taking a route that you do not want to take, you've got the power to redirect our lives. And we want to submit ourselves to your will this evening as we commit everything to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. While you take your seats, just a couple of minutes. Amen. God bless you richly. Just a couple of minutes, I want us to speak on seeking the will of God. Amen. Seeking the will of the Lord. Amen. How many believe that God's will is very important in our lives? Amen. A believer doesn't just do things. A believer seeks the will of God before a believer does the things. 
are we together? I do not know of any hardship that one can experience in one's life like when one takes a route that is not the will of the Lord. It has, it has, it has dire repercussions, these consequences that are undesirable when one takes a route that is not designed by the Lord. Amen. So it is critical that we should know how to seek the will of the Lord. Are we together? We should be, uh, uh, I think if you want to please him, you can never please him until you know what is God's will about your life. And certain things are quite obvious to the people. For example, it is the will of the Lord that you must be born again. Hallelujah. Uh, even before I go further into other things that may be deemed too technical, the simple thing is that the Bible says, you must be born again. And he who believes must be baptized and therefore shall be saved. Are we together? So that, that is a fundamental. I'm not on that tonight, but I wanted to get that out of the way. But I'm speaking to the converted to say, when you, when you want to do something, how do you know with certainty that this is the will of the Lord? Amen. I don't know how many have ever sought the will of the Lord on various things in their lives. Amen. It's, a, it's very critical to do that. Sometimes it's not easy because you think you have it, you think you understand it, but later you realize that actually it was your wish. It was not the will of the Lord. There's a difference between your will and God's will. Amen. So we've got to talk about that so that tonight we, we can help you on these things so that you can know the will of the Lord. Firstly, if God is important in your life, you will seek his will. Hallelujah. Only those that deem God to be important in their lives really seek the will of the Lord. But uh, some people, uh, we live in during a time where people are self-reliant, self-independent. Hallelujah. Uh, when you are a believer, you are not self-dependent. You are depending upon the will of the Lord. That's why we say, God's willing, this shall happen. Are we together? Now, I, maybe the brothers, if they can help me with my diagram before I go anywhere else. While they are getting that, there is a quotation in the message, a thirst, paragraph 34 was preached on the 19th of September, 1965. Brother Brenham says, Now, many times I meet, if I can have a point as well, now many times I meet people that's prone to be a little nervous. And when they find out that they are trying to do something, if they, now when they find out that they are trying to do something, and everything is just blocking it off on both sides, they say it might not be been the will of the Lord. Now, don't let the, the devil lie to you like that. 
Are we together? Brother Brenham say a lot of times people are that are prone to being nervous are the people that sometimes they find that they are trying this, it seems like there is a blockage. They try that, it seems like there is a blockage until they say maybe it is not the will of the Lord. The first thing is find out whether it is the will of God or not. And then if you want to know whether it is the will of God, look into the Bible. There is, there is the thing that sets you straight is the word of God. And then if you see it's in the word for you to do it, then do it. So that means even before we get anywhere, for you to find the will of the Lord, there must not be, whatever you do, there must not be even one scripture against it. Are we together? Now, Brother Brenham had a discussion with Brother Peregrine sometime, and they were talking about... Um, how the planes were landing and taking off at the airport on the runway. And Brother Brenham said, when a plane lands, there are three masts, and he brought out certain masts which were based on these three lights that you see here. A plane cannot land safely without these three lights. We call them the landing lights. Are we together? And even you, Brother Branham, will bring three things that must be considered before you redeem something that this is the will of the Lord. Are we together? Now, on, when it lands at night, this is how the runaway, runway looks like. You've got uh, these lights over here. This, they call them the landing safety zone lines. So that means this is where the plane has got to land. But the plane cannot be able to land safely unless these three lines are in alignment with these ones. Are we together? There's got to be an alignment. Now, Brother Brennan, based on this, uh, 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 based on this, he says there are three masts for you to consider if something is the will of the Lord. First, there should never be one scripture against it. Did you hear that, believers? There must never be one scripture against it. If there is one scripture against it, don't do it. Are we together? We don't even get into the next stage. We simply say, there is a scripture, and if this scripture is against this thing, I'm not doing it. But if you check in the Bible and you realize that it is there in the scripture, you realize that there is nothing against it in the scripture, then you can do it. Are we together? And folks, I, I, I need to say this for what they are. I don't know whether sometimes people would want to trick us as ministers, especially in the times where we are living in. They want to test uh, our big bone in relation to the scriptures. Uh, I mean, if you come to the pastor and you narrate a long story, like one brother narrated a long story to me, he's not worshipping here, narrated a long story about him and his wife and how things have gone wrong, and he asked at the end, he says, Pastor, what do you think I must do? Can I marry another one? I said, 
really, uh, is this all, all these things that you have been explaining to me, where they bring us to the point where you want to marry somebody? But what does the Bible say? What does the scripture say? I, I, don't, I don't care what your wife did. I don't care how wrong she was. Is she alive wherever she is? If she is alive, I've got a scripture for your condition. Are we together? So that means, and, and people, they know the will of the Lord. But sometimes they want to find a way around the will of the Lord. Let me tell you something. There is a difference between God's perfect will and God's permissive will. If you are a believer, you've got to be accustomed to the scriptures. What does the scripture say about this? What does the Bible say about it? If the weight is against it and you love the weight, you'd, want, you'd never want to do anything that is contrary to the word of God. I will repeat that. If you love the weight enough, you would never do anything that is contrary to the weight. Are we together? But if you love yourself enough, you will do things that really are pleasant to you. But if you really love the word of God, the word of God will supersede anything in your life. Did you hear me? The second thing is that if you want to do something, he said to Brother uh, uh, Peregrine, it must be a burden on your heart put by God. So when, when you want, if it is the will of the Lord, and God drops something in your heart, until it is done, you will never be able to rest. Hallelujah. Sometimes it will cost you your sleep. Sometimes you'll be tossing in bed. As long as it's not done, you will not have peace. But that burden will be upon your heart. And let me put it this way. If something needs to happen and you transfer a burden to somebody else, that means that actually it is not the will of the Lord. You want to put somebody, uh, uh, that burden upon somebody. If, if it is God's will, it will be a burden upon your heart. Are we together? And that is why, because if, you, if something needs to happen and you think it's the pastor that must do it, uh, I've got news for you. It may not be the pastor that must do it. It may be that God has put that burden upon your heart. Let's say there is an outreach program that must be done. You cannot just come to the pastor's office and say, hey, we need to do something about this outreach program. No. The first thing, if it is your burden, we will see you busy somewhere, and the pastor will come and say, but the brother is busy there. Let us reinforce the brother there. Are we together? So that means anything that you do, and if it is the will of the Lord, God will put a burden upon your heart. Are we together? The third thing that we, Brother Branham said to him, he said, if, if God, if the two are ticked, God will provide a way for you to do it. And let me tell you something, folks. If you do something, and the more you do it, it creates more and more problems. Maybe you need to pause and check whether it was the will of the Lord. Because when God does something, God will put the resources that are needed for you to do it. God is not a beggar folk. Hallelujah. If he does something, Brother Bram says, I will remain in the ministry. But if it ever gets to a point where I've got to beg for money, I will quit the ministry. Why? It's because if it is God's will, it must be God's bill. 
are we together? Even before I get to other things, I wanted us to take those things. Firstly, they must, they should never be one scripture against it. Secondly, it must be a burden on your heart put by God. Thirdly, God will provide a way for you to do it. Are we together? Amen. Let's come to where Brother Brenham speaks. I don't know, is there anyone that has ever had a, a rest, a restless, being restless about something and really wanted to know, is it the will of the Lord or not the will of the Lord? Science says you as a human being, on a daily basis, you are faced with 35,000 decisions that you make daily. 35,000 decisions that you make on daily basis, on average. That's quite a lot of decisions. Maybe take those decisions and extrapolate them over a month, over a year. That's a lot of decisions. So I'm simply saying, if you, in one day, you've got to make a navigate around 35 decisions, why, why would you want to navigate around those decisions without God? It is, it, how, how would you know that this is the best decision without God? You know why it is critical to seek the will of the Lord? It's because the God that we worship, he saw the end before the beginning. Hallelujah. And that is why I could give you a, a, an advice on a decision, but I don't know how that decision will pan out. But God has already seen the end even before the beginning. That is why the most, the, the most important person to consult with when you make decisions, it has to be the almighty God. If he says go this way, I tell you, he already knows what is on that way. And he has already provided whatever you need for on that way. Are we together? I hope we are together here. And a lot of times, because the Bible says many are plans in a man's heart, but it's God's purpose that shall prevail. A human being has got so many plans. Grand plans. But my question would be, how do you know that your grand plan is within God's will? Sometimes a plan can look so grand and you find that the devil is hiding himself within that grand plan. A lot of times people that have left and that have backslid is not because they did something wrong. Sometimes they just made wrong decisions. And how do you make wrong decisions? When you make a decision without God, you are bound to make a wrong decision. Hallelujah. And actually, I can take it further that any decision that does not involve God, it is, it is a fatal ground for the devil to hijack your life. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why when a child of God gets onto any program, the first thing he wants to check is God part of this program. And if God is not part of this program, no matter how the program may look pleasant, a child of God will say, no, I don't want it. Are we together, folks? Amen. Now, sometimes I have heard when people, some people, when they make decisions, especially if they are caught up between two decisions, those that don't know God, normally they say, maybe I need to throw the coin in the air and I need to pick up head or tail. Amen. But we know what it happens when the coin has gone into the air. If that decision that you want is a tail, you have already chosen even while the coin is in the air that that's tail. 
Are we together? But a child of God doesn't throw a coin in the air. A child of God goes on his or her knees to consult with God. And I want to say, when you look at uh, Biliam, Biliam was approached by Balak, that there is a nation that is coming from Egypt, they are on the way to the promised land, and this nation, it's a, it's a dangerous nation, but you, Biliam, knowing that God hears you, I want you to come and curse this nation. And when in, Brother Branham says in the message, does God change his mind, paragraph 88, he says, Biliam, rather, rather, done the right thing that was right, he sought God. That means by seeking the face of God, he did the right thing. He sought God first. Now, that's what he ought to have done. And then God give, gave him his perfect, clean-cut answer. Don't go with him. Leave them alone. Don't you curse those people. They are blessed. Now, that ought to be enough. When God says anything, he cannot change that. Are you here, believers? If God says anything, he cannot change that. Notice, his perfect will was, don't you go. Don't attack the people. They are my people. That was God's perfect will. But when he went back to be Balak to give the answer, Balak said, we will increase the remuneration. Can't you go back to God and speak to God again? And when he went back to God and God gave him an answer, now it was a permissive will, no longer a perfect will. And we realized that on his way, the angel almost killed him. Let me tell you something. God's child will be satisfied with the first answer that comes from the mouth of God. Are we together? And let me tell you something. A child of God, if God answers you in a certain way, a child of God will take the answer. And a lot of times that answer may seem unpleasant to your immediate environment, but it will do some good in the long run. A child of God knows that God cannot change his mind about his own way. If God answers you, you've got to stick with the first answer that comes from the almighty God. Are we together? I hope we are together here. Now, the answer, they asked Brother Branham in the message, question and answers, paragraph 48, question, or rather question 109, how does one know their rightful position in the body of Christ? And I think the way he answered this question is critical because it may help you know whether you are in the will of the Lord or not in the will of the Lord. How does one know their rightful position in the body of Christ? Brother Brown says that's a good one, very good. The prophet was impressed with the answer. That would be the kind of question among many people here tonight. How do you rightfully know? Now I'm presuming that this brother wants to know what position, what in Christ, what part of Christ do I play? Now for instance, I would like this brother to give you the best answer I know. Your position in Christ is revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. Did we hear that? Your position in Christ is revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. That means a man without the Holy Spirit can never make sound decisions. Actually, Brother Branham takes it further and says, take the Holy Ghost out of a man, he will go lower than an animal. Are we together? That means the only difference between you and an animal What makes you a better human being is the Holy Ghost in you. 
But when we take the Holy Ghost away from you, you can behave like an animal. Oh, yes, folks, I don't care whether you've got a university degree. We see what professors are doing. When you remove the Holy Ghost from a man, he can sing lower than an animal. I mean, there is a teacher that just uh, that took uh, great R kids, 56 of them, and molested them. Does he have a, an education? Oh, yes. Does he have a diploma? Oh, yes. Well, did he have a profession? Yes. But he did not have the Holy Ghost. And this evening, I want to say, without the Holy Ghost, you can never guarantee that you'll make sober decisions. And actually, when you don't have the Holy Ghost, you will never know the will of God. Because the Holy Ghost will direct you to the will of God. It is critical for a believer to be filled with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is God in a human flesh making decisions for you. And God in a human flesh will never go wrong. Do you hear me? Human decency is not enough. You've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Did you hear that? He says, your position in Christ is revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. Then if you want to know whether it's the Holy Spirit or not, find out whether he blesses what you are doing or not. If he blesses it, then that's him. Are you here, folks? If, if you do anything, check if God blesses it. If God does not bless it, it's not him. Are we together? And if it's God blessing it, oh goodness, you need to walk into it with confidence and say, God, I thank you for your blessings. And let me tell you something. God is a perfectionist. He does things in a perfect manner. If something comes from God, it will never give you a headache. Hallelujah. It will, it will never cause many problems for you. A lot of times when something does not come from God, it will create any, a problem in your immediate environment. Are we together? I hope you are with me here. I want to, re, re, before I leave this quotation, this phrase is very critical. Find out whether he blesses what you are doing or not. If he blesses it, then that's him. Amen. Let's move in this message. Brother Brandon had mind battles as well as a prophet. There was a time when he wasn't even quite sure about his calling because of how the people rejected his calling, rejected his message and deemed his message to be hard. And he began to doubt whether was it really from the Lord or was it only his efforts. And I, I, I want to read this. It's quite longer, but I think it will, it will help us if we can go through it. He says, standing up there the other day, because you remember there was a time where God told him to leave uh, Ohio and move to Arizona. And Arizona during that time, Brother Brennan actually called it both natural and spiritual desert. Amen. After a successful ministry, there he says, standing up there the other day, they built up a new home up there, and Brother Mosley came down, was talking about it. That's just a little gift from my father. 
That's how when they bought him a house, he said, you see, if you leave your homes, houses, lands, fathers, mothers, I will give you houses, lands, fathers, and mothers a hundredfold in this life and eternal life to come. And I said, I had to leave the tabernacle that I love so dearly. My home that the Lord gave me up there had to leave it. He just gave me this one back. And I said, he's wonderful, you see. Well, I said, I had to come out here and separate myself, came to this desert. I thought, wonder, why would God bring me to a desert out here where there is nothing but scorpions and monsters? It's not only a desert, it's very hot, but it's a spiritual desert. Oh, my. There is no spiritual life at all in the churches. They are against the truth. Why? You've never seen such in your life. That is in the message, Ashamed, paragraph 84. The people almost perish spiritually. I notice it in the people that come out here and see the differences in them and watching them. So you stay under the spirit of God and your life becomes sweet, tender, like water brings grass and softened buds. This grass in Arizona wouldn't grow. These trees would be them leaves just wind up and make stickery. That's the way it is when you get dry around the church. Everybody's sticking one another, you, you know. And see, you've got to have soft waters of rain soften you up and make leaves and shade for the pilgrim that passes us. Hallelujah. So something said to me, maybe you are rating on God's job. So I prayed for a vision. And Mida just got me a new Bible. And Brother Brown from up in Ohio got me a new Bible. Both of them at the same time at Christmas. I went and got one of the new Bibles and I said, Lord, in the days gone by, you had a Urim Thummim. And now let me say this. This is not taping. Let me say this. He says, but I said, Lord, it used to be when a dreamer dreamed a dream that they would take it down to the Urim Thummim and told it, and if the Urim Thummim flashed the lights back, a supernatural light, the dream was true. But I said that priesthood and the Urim Thummim is now done away. Your Bible is the Urim Thummim now. Lord, may I never do this again, but I've asked you and prayed to you to give me a vision. Speak to me about why am I dreaming this dream. What have I done? If I have harmed, if I have done anything to any person in the world, let me know. I will make it right. If I owe the public service company, if I did something wrong to them or any person, if I did something wrong to you, I want to make it right. Let's make it right. Don't wait till after when. It may be too late. I said, surely there is something in this wait from Genesis to Revelation that some character in there that you dealt with and would be on the same basis, that would be my question. If somebody did something and you go after him about it, then let me turn to that place in the Bible. If somebody, whatever they did, I will lean my way where I've done wrong. And something you want me to do or I haven't done, let me see some character in the Bible like that. I closed my eyes and just let my Bible fall open and put my finger on the scripture while he was in prayer. And it came to Genesis chapter 24, verse 7. Where Eliezer, Abraham's faithful servant, the model of a servant of the, the model servant of the Bible, being sent to hunt the bride for Isaac, he says, Shields run over me. That's right, with the rest of my message, pulling out the bride. 
he said, swear that you will not take a bride out of this, but go to my own people. What if the woman won't come with me? Then you are free from this oath. And the God of heaven will send his angel before you to direct you. He went right straight out and began to pray. And he met the beautiful Rebecca. And that became the bride of Isaac. Just a perfect message back to the way. So the prophet, when he was uncertain, he simply said, God, here is your Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, there must be a character that whose life resembles my life. And if I open this Bible, point me to the scripture, that will give me an answer to the situation that I find myself in. Do you see the prophet lived what he said? He said, if there is no scripture against it, leave it alone. But if the scripture supports it, then you go ahead. Then as he opened his Bible, his finger landed in Genesis chapter 24. And from that, he remembered that his commission was to come and preach a message to bring out a bride out of this generation. And from that time, the the brother Branham was never shaken. Why? Because he found the will of God. And let me tell you something. As soon as you find the will of God, I don't care what is against you. Because you know that the way God, the Holy Ghost, backs you up. And let me tell you something. Never do something without the backing of God. Because when you do something and God backs you, when it gets tougher, you can pass and look at God and say, God, here we are. You are the one that started the journey. You knew how the journey will pan out. And where I am, you know about it. Nothing is a surprise to you. And God will come down and navigate for you. But a lot of times, humanity has begun to be dependent on their own intelligence. Young people, hear me out here. Do you know that somebody can, we normally say, before somebody marries you, they must be spiritually sound. And we say, secondly, they must be be able to provide. Isn't it so? They must have a place to take you to so that you can become husband and wife. Are we together? Do you know that a brother can meet that criteria and still be not the will of the Lord for you to get married to him? Can I have an amen on that one? Parents, do you know a young man can meet all that criteria and still not be the will of God? Because we don't say the criteria is the will of the Lord. We say you need to check with God. And checking with God sometimes involves waiting. And we live during a time where people cannot wait anymore. This is a, a fast-paced life. You get to McDonald's, you need to be in the, in the queue. In no time, you need to be served and be chowing your, your, your hamburger. Are we together? But let me tell you something. With God, God is not McDonald's. God will make you wait for 25 years. But if you are a believer, you will say, I'm standing on the promises of God. Are we together? God is not in the rush business. Wait upon him. I hope we are together here. And folks, just know that it must be the will of the Lord. We are told of a man who was a farmer. And one day as he was busy plowing, he looked into the sky and the clouds were blown by the wind. And there were two clouds that remained and they were in this shape. PC. It was very clear. PC. And this man to him, he thought that it simply means preach Christ. And he left the field, got into the suit, 
pitched a tent, started preaching. No one came. Went from this town to town, no one came. Remember, if it is God's will, God will bless it. If he doesn't bless it, it's not God's will. Later only to find that actually, the reason it was PC, it wasn't meaning preach cry, it was meaning plant corn. So sometimes, because you as a human being, you've got your own personal disposition, you've got your own interests, you've got your passions, you've got your wishes, and whenever God wants to say something to you, you want to interpret it to suit your own agenda. Hallelujah. Even after you have taken that path, let me tell you something. God is not a respecter of a person. He has never made a wrong way, a right way to respect a person. God has never made a wrong way, a right way to respect a person. If it is wrong, it will always be wrong to the Almighty God. And if it is right, it will always be right to the Almighty God. But first you must seek the will of God. What does God want me to do? And folks, sometimes it involves you throwing yourself in the, uh, uh, on your knees in the middle of the night, worshipping God. Let me tell you something, the danger. If something is God's will and you avoid it, you will suffer the consequences. I will repeat something. If God wants you to do something, and he has designed that you must do it, and you try to avoid it, you will suffer. That is why, as believers, whenever you do something and you're caught up between the two things, you realize, are you here, husbands? You realize that if I make a wrong decision, my family can suffer. If I, as a pastor, make a wrong decision, the church will suffer. If a president makes a wrong decision, the nation will suffer. So, firstly, you've got to seek the will of God. What is the will of God about this? Let's check Brother Brenham. He had gone out to preach and he went to a place where they had a Mishiwaka service. And Brother Brenham, when he was there, he was not even dressed like a minister. And he was sitting there with his trousers on. He called them what? Sack? There's a a weight that he uses, and he was there in those trousers. And while he was there, Brother Brenham says, then they began to call ministers until they said, there is a young minister from Ohio, William Brenham, can he come to the fore? And he said, that's when he sunk into his chair, so that he must not be seen. And they kept on repeating, where is William Brenham? Until the man next to him and said, but where is this chap that we're waiting for? He says, actually, I'm that chap. Just keep quiet. Then the man stood up and said, here is he. Then Brother Brenham went there. And he began to preach. He had not been to before those many people before. But as soon as he preached, because he was ordained to do that, then immediately he became a blessing to the people. Once he was done out there, people were giving out their business cards. We want you to come and minister for us. We want you to come and minister for us. And he had many invitations. And on their way home, he and Hope were excited. Oh, God has been good. The meetings were good. But when they got there and they spoke to the mother-in-law that you will be gone for quite some time, he had invitations. The mother-in-law turned around and said, listen, don't take my child to that bunch of roly rollers. 
Brother Branham Gwen check in his autobiography, A Man Sent from God. He said, let this be a lesson to every human being. I listened to my mother-in-law in state of God. And when he listened to his mother-in-law in state of God, what happened? The entire Josephville was in floods. Hope got sick and even passed away. Hallelujah. Sharon Rose got sick. She passed away. It was just chaos. But where did that chaos originate? From when the mother-in-law said, you must never ever take my daughter to those bunch of holy rollers. Brother Branham, he should have said, mother, you don't understand. Although I respect you, but there is somebody that I respect who is higher than you and is the almighty God. I am going to follow his call. There would have never been floods in Jeffersonville. Sometimes we respect people more than we respect God. Sometimes we listen to people more than we listen to God. But I say, believer, God is God. And God can speak to you in a very distinct manner. And when he has spoken to you, it may never make sense to the next person. But you've got to follow that call. And if it's God that is starting the journey, he's got provision for whatever is needed for the journey. Are we together, folks? And always in the will of God. Check certain things. Ask Brother Brennan a question. There was a, a young woman that asked a Brother Brennan a question and said, I'm working in the tobacco industry. And working in the tobacco industry, what do you think, Brother Brennan? Is it wrong? Is it right? Brother Brennan simply says, Okay. And you know, Brother Brenham has got a way of giving answers, folks. He gives a certain answer, and he comes with another answer. And if you are not careful, you will miss actually what the prophet said. He said there is nothing wrong with tobacco because I'm told that it can be used for uh, medicinal purposes. But he says, but be careful because... Working on the tobacco field may be against your testimony and misrepresent your testimony. Now, are you going to go and say, no, he says, you know, the tobacco can be used for medicinal purposes. Let me continue working there. But he has taken, he said, listen, if it is contrary to your testimony, then you need to leave it alone. And let me tell you something, folks. This message is not a denomination. This message is not Methodist. This message is not Pentecostalism. If this message finds you working in a restaurant where you serve liquor, you must raise your hands and say, God, you must have a better way for me. I don't want to be here. Are you here, folks? You may be having a lucrative position as a, a hostess on a plane, maybe whatever, where you are beginning to serve people alcohol, if it is against your testimony, if there is one scripture that is against it, you as a believer, you will do something about it. I know a a brother. He started a spaza shop. Very little spaza shop that was doing very well. Look how the devil does things. Not long, many people came there looking for cigarette. And they started looking this way and that way. Let me tell you, they don't look for cigarette when things are right. They look for cigarette when you are one month behind on rent. The devil has never tempted a person when they are stronger. 
He comes when things are tougher. And he looked and said, and not long others came and said, we need an alcohol to get something that we can buy here. Not long he was selling cigarettes, alcohol, and he was gone. You can't do that and worship God. But you see how the devil was able to look into his environment and check where he was vulnerable. And he introduced something he thought that maybe it's not a big deal. But let me tell you something. When you do something that is contrary to your conscience, your conscience is more stronger than the pastor. Your conscience is more stronger than the sermon on Sunday. You will be sitting alone and tossing and not having peace at all because that conscience was not installed by the pastor. It was installed by the almighty God. It will never leave you alone. It will give you rest. It will take away your sleep. It will make you toast in bed until you surrender and say, God, I realize I have got to repent from this thing. But when it is the will of God, God will bless it. God will protect it. And let me tell you something. Sometimes, when God wants to move you from a place to a place, he creates a discomfort. When God doesn't want you in a certain place, he is going to cause problems for you there. And you may look around and blame the people there and say, ah, maybe they hate me. They don't hate you. They are anointed by God to drive you away. Germany, Hitler had to be anointed by God to drive the Jews back to their homeland. Hallelujah. Even us individually, when we are here, when things, when God finds us in an environment or in situations where he does not want us, he is going to cause problems for us. And let me tell you, I don't know, have you ever seen a man that has been stripped of God in order that God can make the service out of him? It is a very pitiful sight. It is a very pitiful sight. That is why there are certain grounds I don't want to go on. I normally say, God, humble me, or rather, let me humble myself rather than to be humbled by you. Because when God humbles a man, when God humbles a woman, it becomes very pathetic. And when God says you must do something, and you don't do it, sometimes God can take away your partner. Sometimes God can take away your parents. Sometimes God can make your marriage crumble. Sometimes God can strain your relationship with the church. You listen the other time when they say, you are at lay in the hands of the potter. You are not going to tell God that, no, I had my life figured out. It is this way. No, he is going to come and shape you in any manner that he sees fit. How many are here this evening that remember the time when they were going through a tough time and they didn't understand and they wanted to give up, but today when they look back, they say, no wonder I went through that. That's why I am who I am today. But when you were going through that, it did not make sense, folks. 
And let me, God will never trust you with a blessing until he has developed your character. Because a blessing can become a curse if a character is not mature. That's why when you're a believer, you've got to wait upon the Lord. And as Brother Branham spoke to us about the eaglet, how the eagle will train the eaglet, he said the mother eagle would take them up into the storm and leave them there. And they tried to figure out their way. And the mother eagle would come and underneath them at a certain altitude, she would make sure that they are back on her uh, wing and then she will take them back again and leave them up there. He says, is an eagle training an eaglet. We can never be trusted by God until we are trained. He will take us into the storm and wait and see how do we navigate the storm. But here's something about God. He will never leave you in the storm. When it becomes more difficult, he'll come and pick you up. But he will take you into another storm. But that's how he will trust you that one day you can fly on your own. God develops his own people. But you've got to seek the will of God. In closing, if I paraphrase, uh, sum it up, there should never be a scripture against it. It must be a burden on your heart put by God. God will provide a way for you to do it. When those lights are aligned to the, what we call them, the taxi lights on the runway, the landing lights are in alignment with the uh, taxi lights, then the pilot knows, I can land. But if they are not in alignment, he cannot land. If he's got to go back into the sky, he'll have to go back into the sky because it must make sure that everything is aligned and then he can learn. A believer will never lend themselves into situations until they make sure that these three lights are aligned. No scripture against it. A burden in your heart. Then God will provide a way. When those are ticked, I don't care what the devil will do on the way. God will back up his decision. As soon as you find out that it's God's will, it's no longer your issue. It's God's reputation that is at stake. Because you can say, you remember when they came out of Egypt, this in closing, they came out of Egypt and they really upset God and God said, listen Moses, separate yourself. Moses went back to God and said, what will the people say? They would say, you took us out of Egypt so that you can kill them in the wilderness. And God repented. The Bible says God repented. Why? He realized that although they were disobedient, but I'm the one that said they must come out. Are we together? Always follow God's will. If it is God's will, it's God's protection. If it's God's will, it will be God's provision. A lot of times, a lot of times, we are like John. Instead of going to Nineveh, we think of an alternative route. But when Jonah was on that ship and the, the storm was raging and they say everyone let them pray in their own way, Jonah knew even without praying, the problem is not the storm, the problem is me. 
until he said, listen, gentlemen, actually the problem is me. Throw me into the ocean. And they threw him into the sea. But God had prepared a fish for him. And the fish swallowed him. And Brother Branham, when he explains, he says, when Jonah was in the fish, he began to kneel down, facing the direction of the temple. You remember the prayer of Solomon. And when he prayed, God was now directing the fish to take him to, back to his predetermined destination. And when he got there, and God has got a way to take you from your mischief and bring the glory out of that. But don't just go into it deliberately. Amen. God bless you richly as we stand up. How many love him as we stand to our feet? Thank you, Lord Jesus. stop you coming into the message. Amen.
Yes. time. 
Heavenly Father, Lord, we could only sing that dear Lord Jesus because, Lord, if it wasn't for a revelation, uh, Lord, a deep call to the deep in our soul, Father, if it wasn't for, Lord, uh, the love of God, Lord, just, uh, Lord, just so deep in our souls, Father God, we wouldn't be able to even, Lord, voice, oh God, Father, this, uh, Lord, this, this truth, O oh God, this love, Father, this night, O oh God. But because you first loved us, O oh God. Oh, yes. Because you first prayed for us, dear Lord Jesus. Yes. And because of what you have done for us, dear Lord, on the cross of Calvary, dear Lord Jesus. Yes. And because of what you have done for us, Lord, as, a, as Lord, the, the, the initiation, Lord, of the... Uh, Lord, uh, the, the, the redemption plan 2,000 years ago, Father. Ooh. And then, Lord, coming as a bleeding lamb in this hour, dear Lord Jesus. And come, Father, and broke the seals for us, Father. And then coming as a lion of the tribe of Judah, Father. And claiming what you have died for, Father. And that is why, dear God, we are liberated from sin, Father. We are liberated from unbelief, dear God. Because, Lord, that same, Lord, when, you, when your feet, O oh God, came as pillars of fire, one upon the sea and one upon the land, and that was your bride, Father. And it was like the pillars of fire, Father, that moved to your prophet, dear God, and moved to a ministry even in this hour, dear oh, yes. God. Those same words, Father, echo, Lord, and Lord just causes us, Father God, to seek God's perfect will in our lives, Father. Oh, God, how we want to be so sensitive, dear Lord Jesus. Oh, yes. How, Lord, we just want the nudge of the Holy Spirit, Lord, and say, Lord, your wishes are command, dear Lord. Knowing, Father, how many decisions and how many, Lord, things that we have done Yet in our own way, dear God, and we were even thinking it's you, Father, but we realize how wrong we were, dear Lord Jesus. Oh. That is why, dear God, we have a word, we have a confirmation, dear Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. How those out there in the world desire to even have a simple, Lord, message, Father, of just the three Lord, instructions, Father God, that we should have this night, O oh God. Mm. Dear Lord Jesus, we're just so thankful, Father God, 
that you have spoken to our hearts oh, once yes. again, Father. Lord, we do not take it lightly, dear Lord Jesus. This message, Lord, could Lord, change our entire life, Father, Ooh. if we take it, Lord, the way it was intended to, dear Lord. And Father, we realize, like your prophet said, the greatest problem is William Branham himself, Father. And we realize the greatest problem, Father, is us, O oh God. And Lord Jesus, how we just want to say, Lord, we surrender, dear God. We surrender to the porter, dear Lord Jesus. Knowing that the clay has no ambitions, no dreams, no desires of itself. It's the way you want it to go, Father God. And this night, surely, dear Lord Jesus, I believe, dear God, you are ready to mold lives this night, Father. I believe, Lord, their hearts have become pliable, Father. It's become moldable. It's become ready to use, dear Lord Jesus. How I spoke, Lord, saying, Father God, Lord, one of the greatest things to a believer is when he can be molded, when he can be used, Father. Because the world will reject a message like this this night, Father. But your children could say, Lord, Father, I put away my talents. I put away every ambition. I put away all my will. And I hand it over to the porter this night. And he would come and lead us, dear Lord Jesus. And truly, Lord, we feel the fluttering of the dove, of the Holy Ghost in our hearts, God, calling us to a higher calling, Father. And this bride is a special little lady in your eyes this night, yes. Father. May you bless each and every believer this night, dear God. May you just undertake, dear Lord, as they, they just they searching, Father. They want your perfect will, dear Lord Jesus. And, they, and, and the devil pounds them, Father, day and night, dear God, mm. with so much of tension, Father. And how it is in this world, Father, just to make a living and take care of the kids and make decisions, Father. But Lord, you made a simple statement. You said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Exactly. And how your servant could come, Lord, this night, Father. And say, dear Lord, without that Holy Ghost, Father, without that still small voice, dear Lord Jesus, not a sensation in our flesh, not a sensation even in our spirit, but the life of Christ matching up with the word of God, Father, could make a decision for us, dear Lord Jesus. Father, we trusting in you, dear Lord. Thou hast spoken, Father God, and we taking heed. Just pray that you would bless the saints of God this night, Lord. Bless your servant, dear Lord, that is humbly surrendered to the perfect will of God, Father. Right on time, right on season, Father God. We appreciate you, dear Lord. We just want to say, Father, that we truly love you from the bottom of our hearts, dear God. That there's nothing in this world that can ever take that place, Father. Lord, it may have its entertainment. It may have its funds and its games, Father. It may have loved ones, Father God. But there's no one like you, Father God. That's what your prophet's supposed to say to his mother in Lord, dear Lord. When he was tested, Lord Jesus, to take the perfect will of God. That's what we want to say to this world. Goodbye, world. We have a 
a passion for Christ. Right. We have a passion for the word, for this message of the hour. Yes. To live right, to do right, to express this truth in this dying hour, dear Lord, when the world doesn't even know you, dear God. Help us to be those people that will shine this, this life of Christ, this message, dear Lord Jesus, when it is so much needed, Father. May you bless us and be with us, Father. Take care of us for the rest of the week, dear Lord, until we meet again, dear God. We truly are privileged people that we could have a place to worship and just come in your sanctuary and meet with the believers and and have an opportunity, Lord, to cry out and worship and thank you for the wonderful things that thou hast done in our lives, Father. May you bless us and be with us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Amen. God bless you richly. Till we see you on Sunday. There's a song that says, What a day that shall be. God bless you and have a blessed week of what remains of it. But whatever you do, seek the will of the Lord. Amen. This is your navigation system. Amen. It will never mislead you. Amen. It is, it's so precise, it's so spot on. God bless you. Amen. How many believe there is coming that day? Shall be. It will be a glorious day.